because I'm going to be honest with you, uh, you know, we, we focus, money's not my master, right? I focus on quality and reliability. Um, so, you know, if you're saying, you know, that, that $200 is the limit, maybe we should just stop the call and I can help you find someone, you know, more, more budget friendly company and you and I can part as friends. Um, or on the other hand, we can focus on the quality and reliability and I'm happy to give you premium mid range and economy solutions. And, uh, that way you can choose what's best for you. Just know that it's probably going to need more than $200. So what should we do? Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you once again, and it is time to bring on a new guest. Danny Zatarain will be joining us today, and we are excited to have him on talking about some magic moments. It's going to be a good time, and uh, he is a blast of a guy with just a beautiful outlook on life, and we hope that this podcast is serving to do that for you as well. And for now, Brian and I are going to spend a little bit of time talking about the idea for ourselves. Brian, what's our quote for this week? The magic moment is the moment when a yes or a no can change your whole existence. Paulo Coelho. Should I know him? Nope. All I right. sure don't. Well, I, I was going to read up on him a little bit, and I was like, yeah. No, I like the, the quote was enough. I like the quote. It's Look, good. We're busy guys, bro. We got a lot going on. Can't just be reading everybody's bios all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are going to be talking about magic moments today and, uh, you know, the general idea of making somebody else's life better, and specifically in the trades, whether it's your own life or you're the client that you're serving today. Yeah, and Danny's going to bring some, bring some uh, training on using magic moments to impact your client experience. And I want to talk about a magic moment. You know, I'm, I'm a big promoter. Amelia doesn't listen to the show, bro. Most certainly not. Uh once in a while. I'm sure she'll hear this one now that I agree with you that she doesn't listen to the show. Give me a bunch of crap for it later. So thank <laughs> you for that. Uh, mag- magic moments being, I was just thinking about being in, in a truck and selling. And then now what I do is like, you know, selling, uh, which I did recently selling um, technicians on coming to this company and just recruiting everywhere I go and selling certain guests on coming on the podcast. But like the most difficult sale when you're in sales is the one you remember the most. So the one you worked the hardest for the one that you probably took the most nose on and the one that you really had to push outside your own comfort zone to get, which usually in our industry, like we have products and services. I know this sounds crazy but that actually help people no, that are actually worth more to most people than the money that they would spend to have them. What tends to be in the way is the service tech out there. I That's know true. it's crazy, but it's an actual fact. The, the best people in the industry at selling these products and services put themselves in the way of it the least. It's like, it's what they do best. 
But when you have a really tough one, one that just won't go and you, and it needs a little extra finessing and, and you actually have to think through this more than your typical one. And maybe you have to, you know, like it's, when I say go for no three or four times, which, you know, I've been training here for almost a decade, asking for the business, helping, helping them overcome the objection that they think is making it impossible for them to become an owner of this product. And then asking them for the business again, and then helping them overcome the next one. And then asking for the order again and asking for it three or four times. It might sound like badgering to the untrained salesperson, but to the very highly trained salesperson, this is, this is what we do as, as uh, the go for no authors would say, yes is for order takers. No is for salespeople. But if you look at an objection like rejection and you're very weak and new at the selling profession, you hear a no and you don't even ask a reason why you just start collecting your stuff and get out of there with your life intact because you're so nervous. But if you're a true professional, they say no. You already know the the product is good for them. You should have done a good job at convincing them of that. When they say no, thank you, you say, you know, however you verbalize it, but some version of, if you don't mind me asking, what's the biggest thing stopping you from doing this today? And they give you a reason, and you help them through that reason because they think that reason is, is it. They think because of this, I can't do it, right? And when financing options were introduced to the trades, we got a lot more yeses if if you were willing to ask why not and found out that it was because they can't write a check this big. So going when you have to go for it a third and a fourth or maybe a fifth and a sixth time and you do and you walk that person into the promised land of yes, finally, and you're exhausted, and you leave having done that job or having scheduled that job or what have you. And that client is one, typically the happiest client you ever get because you help them through so many issues. And then two, it's the one you remember the most. Like, it's a badge of honor. Over and over again, I found that. The harder the work on the sale, the more I remembered it and and the bigger a deal it was to me. And it's no different in, um, in like booking pod, podcast guests, I find. Like it's nothing but a, it's a sales call. And when I say booking podcast guests, I don't mean like getting one of our technicians on here, you know, where I'm just like, hey, you want to jump on the podcast tomorrow before the meeting or whatever. I mean like Tim Kennedy, which was one of our, maybe our most famous guests that we had on was a was a story. I mean, that was a, a trip getting him on. Chris Voss, author of Never Split the Difference, was like a layered. I mean, it took us, it took half a year to get him on, of actual work and effort to get him on the show. And I was thinking uh, this would be a great, a great uh, episode to tell one of those stories about that magic moment created, at least magic for me, when these people said yes. <laughs> and I figure we'll do one today and then we'll do one maybe next week or the week after, but we'll start with uh, Tim because it's a little bit shorter story than Chris Voss. But uh, Tim Kennedy, you remember Tim's bio? I mean, he's he was episode 50. He's not in the trades at all, and I don't think he wants to be, but he is a Delta Special Forces sniper. It was his team 
that killed al-Baghdadi in Iraq. Or, uh, he left the military and fought for two belts in the UFC. He left that and got on uh, the History Channel with his own show called Hunting Hitler. Finished that up and got on the Discovery Channel on a show called Hard to Kill, uh, a show he starred on. Uh, got done with that. Maybe went back to back to yeah. I don't I don't know the timelines of it all, but it's pretty. The guy's more accomplished than any ninety year old I've ever heard of. Oh yeah, that, you know, and then age. on top of that, he went and rescued like ten thousand people from Af- Afghanistan when uh, yep, yep. U.S. pulled out. His team. They got sank. I believe they got sanctioned by the government, but he got a bunch of veterans Pineapple together. Pineapple Express, yeah, a bunch of uh, uh, special forces, mostly veterans together, and they went and started rescuing our people from Afghanistan when we did a uh, not the best job in the world of pulling out of there. And uh, they, I believe, last I heard, they were responsible for like eleven percent of the Americans that got out of Afghanistan after the initial um, pulling out. So just a crazy accomplished guy. Now he owns a a uh, martial arts studio in Austin, Texas called Sheepdog Response where he teaches, you know, civilians and military and, and um, law enforcement to incapacitate people without actually killing them. So he's super accomplished. And I'm like, That's I heard like sort of like one of my trainings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the audience is incapacitate the audience without killing them. <laughs> He's just, just doze him off to sleep. <laughs> so I had heard him on Rogan. I'd heard him on Jocko. And every time he was on a podcast, I'm like, I want to hear this one. Like I would always download a Tim Kennedy episode of anything. Cause he's so wild, but like disciplined and entertaining and, you know, go back and listen to episode 50 for sure. Maybe Nate can get us the date here shortly, but episode 50 of the waste no day podcast. Cause George Saldana texted me about it. Um, yeah, last night and, and said that he, he was just blown away, like what a nut this guy is and how good of an episode it was. So check it out. And I said, like, how am I going to find this? Like, how do you get a hold of a person like this? So I went on his website and it's not there anymore. So I, I don't feel too bad about putting this out there, but I'm on his website and it said, like, you get this a lot. It's like, contact this group to book uh to book tim for a speaking engagement you know and you get on with these groups and these groups only get paid and i'm about to start calling some out because they're i really i can't stand these people they only get paid if you book a paid speaking engagement they get a cut of it so when you hit them up and you're like look i just want them to come on for a 45 60 minute podcast or whatever they can promote their thing and uh you know we can edify the trades with with somebody like this they say oh we don't do free promotion of podcasts but thank you you're like well is it free or are we promoting you know tim's new book or (laughs) you know all right whatever so i'll click on it anyway and send the message but it always comes back to me as sorry we don't do free promotion and nate and i we don't have a budget for this podcast so we don't pay people to come on the show they either want to or we're on to the next person so I, I sent it, but then I'm scrolling down his website and at the bottom in like fine print, and I'm going to butcher the, what it said, but it was very close to this. Or it just said dot, dot, dot. Or if an American civilian is in danger uh, 
or you need rescuing from something, email me. And I don't know if he still has this email, so I'm going to change it up a little bit, but it was just like Tim Kennedy at yahoo.com. And I was like, I just laughed out loud on my iPad in bed with my wife. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, she's a Tim Kennedy fan too. So she was kind of excited that I was trying to make the episode happen. And she's just like, well, email him. And I'm like, well, of course, you know, I'm going to at least try and see what happens. So I shot him an email, but I'm like, just in case, uh, in case he actually reads this email, I, I need to not be one of the other 40,000 emails that says the exact same thing that he's going to, he's going to read today. And I'm guessing even the subject line, he just sees the subject line and, and keeps going. And let me tell you something, people out there who email people for a living, I do the same thing. The subject, it, it means everything on whether or not I'm reading your email. Um, because it's always trying to sell us something for the business. So, you know, I know which ones to skip right past. So because of his message at the end, I put, I don't know what it was, like electricians or plumbers or HVAC techs or, or you know, skilled trades people in grave danger, dot, dot, dot. And then the subject, or sorry, that was the subject. And then the, the body of the email, I put dot, 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 of dying of boredom. You don't come on the Waste No Day <laughs> podcast and and just give us a lesson in in you know self discipline and, and the hard work that's gone into the life that has been his life and you know service and honor and everything that comes with being a guy like Tim Kennedy. So that was the message I wrote, and it was very short, and it was it was sent. And, you know, I just assumed I would never hear anything again, but maybe his publicist company would get back to me and, you know, tell me to pound sand like they usually do. So I don't know if it was that night or the next night, I was at uh, a neighbor's at a buddy's and I got an email and it just said, I'd love to do it. When do you want to have me on? And it was the same email address. And at the bottom of the email, it was signed Tim. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, like, yeah, right. And uh, we went back and forth a little bit and then ended up chatting quickly and, and it was him. And he's like, and it was like the next week we had him on. Like, I th think that was Sunday evening and he was on Thursday. And uh, so I asked him, you know, and, and this is, uh, and this is, you know, it's kind of a lesson in selling, I'm, I'm sure, about creativity and really thinking in the moment and, and, and being different than, all of your competitors. And even when I say competitors, I also mean your own teammates, you know, like you want to stand out a little bit from even the last tech who was out there to do a, an HVAC maintenance on this client, like stand out a little bit in whatever it is you do and, and make yourself memorable one by how you treat the person. Absolutely. But also just who you are. So, I asked him, I don't remember when it was, if it was on that short conversation or maybe when Nate and I talked to him for a few minutes before we started recording. I said, man, what in the world made you see my email and decide to do it? And he said, um, at night, like his wife gets in the shower and starts getting ready and primping and whatever. And it gives him, I don't remember what he said, like half an hour or whatever to, to open emails and read through them. And he gets hundreds and hundreds a day and he doesn't really read most of them. It's just scroll, scroll, scroll. But um, 
and that's how he sets up his next day. He said, like, while his wife's in the shower. So he's scrolling through these emails, and he just saw this subject. It said, uh, whatever, plumbing techs in grave danger. And he was like, you know, he didn't think there's some plumbers out there going to die if he doesn't answer this email, but it did pique his interest. And he opened it, and he read it, and it just said, of dying of boredom if you don't come on the Waste No Day podcast. And he laughed out loud right as his wife opened the bathroom door and came walking out. And she said, what are you laughing at? And he said, this skilled trades podcast, funny. It got my attention by saying, you know, some, some plumbers are going to die from boredom if I don't come on their show. And she laughed and she looked at him and said, do the show. And he said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. And then, like he answered that night. And then uh, like five days later, my man was on the show. And still to this day, one of my favorite episodes, completely off base for us but you know we're we're not afraid to do to have diet experts on and fitness experts on and just somebody like tim kennedy or or uh dr mike simpson who was his co-host on um the history channel show hunting hitler who's who's just a fitness fanatic and um we're always trying to get different different views on the podcast and talk about different things in life and and just things that interest us or things that we might we think might interest someone from our audience for sure we love doing that um but yeah so lesson in a magic moment i don't know how magic that moment was for him he probably forgot we exist by now but we certainly uh remembered that episode is really a defining moment in the show for us it was like it was a huge deal we hung up the phone and we just <laughs> the, the most excited literally i've ever seen nate minnick was <laughs> tossed his headphones on the ground jumped up and just like that was awesome and we like high five you know and and uh went out about our day but then, no then the tv screen freezed and the the outro music came in <laughs> <laughs> that was august 2nd 2021 for those of you who are looking to catch that episode one oh, of my favorites yeah. as well day before my birthday that's right there it is well, it is a truly a magical moment, and I love the story, Brian, about how you got there. And really, that's what Danny's going to be talking a lot about today, which is creating those magic moments of, of memorability where the clients or you are, you're connected for a moment in time. And that moment in time makes the difference. It makes you uh, memorable and stand out amongst all the other service techs and all the other people they've invited into their home and all the other interactions they've dealt with vendors and cashiers and waitresses and whatever else. There was that one time when somebody was in my house and made a connection with me. And I remember that. Right. And, and that, uh, as, as seemingly insignificant as it may be, will actually drive your career in terms of sales, in terms of recurring business, and in terms of developing more and more of those moments for, again, more sales and more recurring business. Uh, and it's a, it's a great idea. And unfortunately, in our world that is running at breakneck speed at all times, too often we do not slow down to actually take time and have an attempt at creating a connection with another human. And so I'm looking forward to uh, somebody bringing that back to our uh, memories and helping us put that in the forefront of our thoughts as we head to our next call. But before we do that, it's time for our review of the week, Brian. Mount Airy Black, five stars. I make this mandatory listening for all of our technicians. They went from good to great. Thanks, Dub ND. Jim Collins. 
good to great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's another story. That one that one had a little bit different ending. Right. Yeah. That's the the hardest we ever worked I ever worked to get a guest on was Jim Collins, author of Good to Great. Uh what two two separate meetings with his uh publicist, I don't know, booking agent. And uh were unable to secure an interview with him. But he did send us both an autographed copy of his book, Good to Great. On the shelf in my office. Yep. I already had it, but now I have one with an autograph in it. So <laughs> even better. Thanks a lot, Mount Airy Black. We appreciate the love and support and uh, the five-star review. And really, 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 really thank anyone who takes time to write the reviews like this because it is how we can get guys like Tim Kennedy on here in the future and, you know, guests that aren't really part of the trades. So if uh, if this podcast has done anything for you personally, anything, anything, Bueller, then write us a five-star review on Apple. Uh, hit Click the five-star and let it go. That's enough. Or if you want to have your review read on the air, write us a little note. Throw your name in there if you want. Throw your company in there if you want, whatever you're doing. And we will read it on the air at some point. Well, the point now is to put Danny Zatterain in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Danny Zatterain. He came to this country at age 11 and had to overcome many challenges, such as language barriers, domestic violence, poverty, and drug addiction. His purpose is to empower and motivate others by setting an example with his own actions and results, maintaining his sobriety, and encouraging others in theirs. He shows leaders, office staff, and technicians in the home service industry how to use the right motives and the science of communication to raise their level of service and the value of their solutions. He has graduated over 600 service professionals as pure motive service providers and changed the life and performance of attendees across the country. God, family, and health are Danny's passions in life. He enjoys hiking, encouraging others in their weight loss journey, and has recently hit the 85-pound milestone in his own weight loss journey. Right now, Danny travels all across the U.S. holding live and interactive training seminars, stopping by different towns to visit friends and family between events. Welcome to the show, Danny. Hello, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Absolutely. We are privileged to have you on the show, and uh, we're looking forward to having a great conversation today. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. The, the way that we got you on was... Uh, one of our plumbers here, our drain supervisor, Paul Francis, went through your course for service MVP for Joe Crisera. And he, he sure did. I'm not even sure he was back yet. And he texted me your bio and said, you know, this guy's training is legit. His attitude is awesome. He's just a good dude. And I would love to hear him on the show. And, you know, Paul's been through my training. So the man knows good training. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, his his opinion means something around here. So when he was when he was uh, pretty high on your training and you as a person that we uh, immediately jumped on that and said, let's get a hold of him. So we appreciate you coming on, man. Well, that's really awesome. Hey, thank you so much for having me again. I know that, you know, time is, uh, I, I tell all of my guys, including Paul, right. And I told him when he came to total immersion that, uh, you know, we can all try and, and make more money all the time. And, and there are different ways of making more money, but one thing we can never get back is time. Right. And, uh, and that's something uncle Joe is really big on. And he's really taught me that, uh, you know, time is the only thing that you can't make any more of, and you can't get it back uh, once you uh, uh, once you use it. So, uh, so it's really important that you know we're thankful for that time, and I'm I'm grateful for you guys that you guys are giving me this time, and that uh, 
that you took interest in my story. And I'm definitely thankful for Paul for uh, for coming and spending a whole week with us in training. So that's awesome. And I'm honored that he would speak so highly of me. And thank you guys again. Yeah, he, well, speaking of time, I, I, I mean, this is why the show is called Waste No Day. And it's really meant to fill that you know, that dashboard time or that windshield time that we all know so much or so well, those of us who came from trucks, but it's also like the presentation training for me is, well, let's say like Paul pays whatever he paid and I'm, you know, several thousand dollars, I'm guessing when you include flights and hotel and, and flying out to, um, to your training and going through what is it? It's five days of training, right? That's right. Yeah. Five yeah, days you know, eating and everything you're, you're into this. And, and then let's not forget opportunity loss. Paul's a high producer when he's not here making money, you know, he's, he's getting paid. I mean, we paid him for the week, but it's like vacation pay. It's not what he could be doing while he's in his truck. So this is very expensive. But when, when you say you can't get time back, it's like, he knows how quickly he can make all that money back, but right. to get, to get good at running calls and building a presentation by yourself in a truck um, especially just going at it alone is going to take years and years and years. And there are things that you can do, like, like listening to this podcast, like going out to Danny's training, like, you know, um, any, any of uncle Joe's training or so many other presentation trainers out there where you fast forward the time it takes to get better at your presentation, but you don't actually have to fast forward the time. So you, you get to keep back so much time. So you're going to make money faster, get better at making money faster without actually spending the time it usually takes to get better at building your presentation because people have come before you and done that already. And all you have to do is pay. I mean, none of these things cost enough in my opinion, like not enough, but uh, the cost for these kind of things. And I'm someone who is always going to any training that I could find. Like I, I spared no expense on that. The cost on these kind of things is like, nothing compared to the money you can make for it. Like if you, as a, as an owner or a manager or even a tech, but if you send, you know, if you spend tens of thousands of dollars to have a trainer out for a few days, or you send 10 of your people out at five, $10,000 a person, one person having a good week could pay that back just like that. Boom. And when you send people out regularly for these kind of things, or you bring people in regularly for these kind of trainings, you're you're rolling the dice for sure. But what you're rolling the dice is on is that that little bit of money going out, it could potentially make two or three of your team better forever. So, so not, you don't get like a good week or a month out of someone. The more you do this and the more you get your people, this training, the more likely you are to have superstars working in your building who produce at a massive monster level day in, day out, week in, week out for years and years. And it, and then it's a, you know, it's domino effect where the next person comes in and they see what they're doing and they don't just want to be second. They want to beat them. So they, they do big numbers and they push them up and they're all helping each other get better. And you create this domino effect of, you know, as a, as an owner, as a manager, as a VP, even as a tech yourself, you create this domino effect of yourself making far more money and far less time with less headaches, you know, and just, just the fact that you send one tech out who can sell a job that is going to keep him there for the entire day just tanks your marketing cost. I mean, one person going out to one job and you get to disperse those other three jobs or not have to fill that schedule, um, brings marketing down. So that, you know, it's all, it's all, uh, it, 
it just makes me scratch my head when I hear, you know, we have people come here all the time and bring their, their teams here. And I ask them what they're doing for presentation training. And it's like crickets. There is nothing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you touched on a lot of things that are, that are really important. Of course, there's a, I mean, as a, as a, as a business owner, uh, uh, you're absolutely right. Like one of the things that is most important to me is to communicate the values that, that, that they're expecting, right? When business owners invest, uh, you know, the time and the money to send a guy like Paul, right, to one of my trainings and stuff like that. And, uh, and one thing that I tell, you know, business owners all the time is you, you can, uh, I mean, we all know that in order to build a culture and build the right type of business, we have to invest in our people, right? And, and there are only two, two things that you can invest. Uh, when it comes to your people, you can either invest your time into people or you can invest money into people, right? And and I think it's finding the balance of, of, of both of them, right? To be able to invest that money and, and getting them the tools that they need to be successful. And then also that time investment and uh, holding them accountable when they come back from a you know, presentation training like this. But, uh, you know, I, I know... Uh, uh, I know with our training, uh, one thing that uh, that I really see on a regular basis is that I mean, guys that come in, if you, if you invest a dollar um, into our training as far as service MVP goes, uh, you know, you, you can be sure that you'll get ten back. Um, and and I see that with the guys that come through the training, right? Like I, you know, guys like Paul and, and other guys that take this training seriously and really invest that effort, um, you know, to to grow themselves during that week. Um, I mean, they'll go back and, you know, double and triple their sales and, and make that investment back in, you know, the first day that they're back, um, which is really exciting to see. Absolutely, Danny. And this is already starting off to be a great conversation. So let's, uh, before we get too far, let's dig into your past and exactly why it is you're so passionate about talking about all these things, making your presentation better and doing it for the trade specifically. Absolutely. Well, and, and again, thank you so much for having me and taking an interest. I know that, uh, you know, uh, uh you know, when I when I think of Waste No Day, right, and, and, and when I listen to you guys and, and the other people that I've heard on your podcast, I'm definitely honored to, to be here and to uh, to spend some time talking about uh, uh, those things that are important to me and, and what I'm passionate about. But, I mean, all in all, it's just about that, right? It's about not wasting, um, you know, not wasting a day and, and, and moving it forward. And uh, for me, uh, you know, one of the most important things, or I guess my purpose and my goal is to, you know, to empower, uh, you know, uh, you know, people in the home service industry, whether it be, you know, technicians or uh, managers and office staff to empower them with the tools that they need to be able to communicate um, higher value, right, during their presentation and the communication with their customers, both uh, internal customers, and, you know, their uh, their employees and external customers, which is, you know, their client. Um, so, and, and I think I'm very passionate about that because, um, well, when I came into the industry, uh, I didn't have a, a lot of experience. I just came in as a sales manager from, from other industries, right? I, I was in sales management for about 12 years and uh, in industries like, you know, telecommunication, manufacturing and stuff like that. And I was under the impression that sales was just sales uh, anywhere, right? And sales translate in the same way and communications the same across the board. So if you can sell in one area, you can sell in another. Um, so when I came into the industry, uh, you know, a few years ago, um, I came in as a sales manager to help a, a local company here in North Carolina uh, to just grow their sales and, and and be able to grow the revenue in the company. And um, of course, as soon as I came in the industry, I realized about a month in that sales is not sales everywhere, right? And, and this industry is very different and communicating value is so important, uh, more so than anywhere else. Or where, you know, in, in other industries, you may have a store where people come into um, you know, to look for services. And in this case, right, there's there's usually a demand or something negative uh, going on around, you know, basic need in the home. 
And um, so, so it's automatically a different kind of dynamic. And, and I quickly realized that just in the same way that HVAC and plumbing and electrical, there, there's a science to all those trades for them to, for systems to be able to function correctly. Uh, there's also a science to communication. And sometimes we uh, don't, don't, don't put a lot of emphasis in, the, in that and or, or enough focus on that. And, and ironically, you know, that's the only way to communicate the value of our solutions to the client, right? And so, um, so when I came into the industry and I realized that I didn't know what I was doing, I searched for, you know, training, uh, training on, in, on the sales side. And, and I joined a lot of different companies or something, you know, we, we ended up joining, uh, you know, different, you know, best, best practice groups and we were part of, you know, uh, you know, Nexstar and, and a lot of other, you know, uh, you know, trainings that, that are, that are great, that are professional, that are, you know, complementary to, you know, to, to, to other sales trainings. Uh, but we didn't get much traction until I started training with Service MVP. And when I met Uncle Joe, you know, Uncle Joe, uh, uh, just taught me the principles of doing what we call pure motive service, uh, which is all about being able to communicate the value of your solutions by explaining to the customers the benefits that they get, right? Focusing on the why, why we do business the way that we do, uh, why we don't compromise on values like quality and reliability and safety and health. And, um, and so when I learned all of that, that's when our company got traction. And, and that's when we learned how to really handle objections. That's when we, you know, really learned what the customer experience was supposed to be like. Um, where we're not eager to sell, but we're eager to find the right solution for the customer instead. Make sense? Right. Um, so once Uncle Joe started, you know, mentoring me, I'm back. I onboarded a couple of employees from my company. Um, they, you know, they tripled their revenue. Uh, then we rolled it out to the rest of the company. Um, we all trained under, you know, Uncle Joe's training, and I was kind of leading the training within my organization. And uh, you know, I took the training myself first, and onboarded the rest of the guys. And and we, I mean, I, we took the company, Uncle Joe and I, to you know, record month along with the, you know, with the service technicians and the sales team. Um, you're talking, I mean, the, you know, uh, the most we had ever done in a month was about you know, hundred and forty-five thousand. And we went on to take the company to record months like six hundred and fifty thousand, seven hundred and twenty thousand, um, literally within a couple of months. So we saw huge growth and, and, and a lot of success with using that um, what we call pure motive service, and um, and grew the company like that. So then uh, at one point or another, there was a time to where Uncle Joe, you know, there was an opportunity to join the team and go train with Uncle Joe and. Uh, and, and when he reached out, I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to join the team uh, because I absolutely love what I do. And I, I love the fact that um, that I get to share these, uh, these, uh, this pure mode of service idea with people. Um, but what we train really uh, translates into, you know, people's personal lives. Um, the way in which you communicate with a customer, um, the way in which, like, for example, we focus on something that we call magic moment, right? And, uh, and, and magic moment is about creating a connection with the customer that has nothing to do with us, right? You know how people talk about rapport? Sure. And things that, like you know, building rapport with the customer, finding common ground is one thing that I was taught early on in my sales you know, career. Uh, just find something in common, something that you can connect with. The thing is that, you know, we, we, we think about rapport and we think about, hey, let's, let's, let's look around the customer's home. Uh, let's look for things or like, you know, teams or, or sports or hobbies or something to connect with them about and in hopes that we would, you know, see something or hear the customer say something. Um, and then we're going to immediately turn around and relate it to ourselves, right? And it almost doesn't even make sense to try and create a connection like that when I say it out loud, right? Because ultimately it's about us. 
And that would mean that we can only build a connection with people that are like us, right? Which is totally not true. Um, there's a way to build a connection with people that is genuine. If only we would focus on um, praising the effort for, uh, like, I guess, acknowledging customers and the, the people in our lives, right? Not just our customers, but acknowledging their victories and challenges and praising them for the effort to either attain that victory or get through that challenge, right? So that's one of the things we teach. It's, it's, a, it's like, a, like a principle, right? A principle that we're not, uh, we're not going to, you know, go around focusing on the outcome or the results of the interaction, but we're going to focus on raising the self-esteem of the people around us. Um, so that, so that we can build that trust. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you call that the, the magic moment. So I, I like how you're flipping that out. You're flipping that on its head because you're right. I mean, a lot of times when we talk about rapport, we're saying, well, I'm interested in these 10 things and hopefully the client is also interested in one of these so that we can find a connection point. And if they're not, it's like, oh, well, I guess we just don't have a lot to talk about. So can you give us a, give us a practical example of like, you know, real world experience where you created a magic moment? Uh, well, I mean, um, do you want to hear an example of like, uh, like maybe like on a, on a professional sense or just like everyday life. Cause I do magic moments on a regular basis. I would love to I hear, mean, I would love to hear an example of both. Oh, sure thing. So, I mean, one of the things that we're really big on is, uh, for example, uh, uh, when we talk to customers, right. Uh, you know, kind of, uh, one thing that we may ask about when we go into a home is, you know, what, you know, who found the problem, right. What's, what's been going on and what happened. So, uh, one of the things we teach, right, is say, hey, who found the problem and let them tell you, you know, start focusing on the people, right, that that use the system instead of the system itself, right? And let them tell you about them and then what happened and ask them what was that like, right, when they found the problem um, so that they can kind of tell you, you know, what, you know, give you the code, kind of tell you what they're feeling and how this problem is impacting their life, right? Um, so when a customer says, uh, you know, something along the lines of, um, uh, hey, um, you know, I, you know, my wife found the problem and, you know, she was really upset because she was home by herself and I was out of town, right? Um, then we would say something like, hey, let me tell you something. Is it okay if I say something? Um, you know, I, I just want to tell you that your family's really lucky to have somebody like you because of the effort that you make to get this thing fixed for them, right? And, uh, and I just want to say it makes me feel honored that you called me out here to help you and, uh, thank you so much for sharing that. It's going to help me provide better service, right? Wow. It's all about acknowledging that challenge that they're going through and not making it about ourselves. And just saying, listen, I, I hear you and I see the struggle that you're going through. And I just want to tell you that your family's lucky to have you, right? And I see the effort that you're making and the effort that you're making makes me feel a certain way, right? It inspires me to do my job better or it makes me feel, you know, honored that you called. Um, so I just want to say thank you. And that's kind of what a magic moment is about is always being on the lookout for when customers share victories or challenges, right? And, and then praising their effort for it and saying thank you. Make sense? Yeah, I like that. And really the, the shift from the system to the, the individual, I, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there to speak into the life of somebody. And I mean, let's face it, you know, everybody's, everybody's looking for a little bit of encouragement in their life, you know, wherever it's coming from, nobody's turning away saying like, oh, no, thanks. I don't want to hear you say any good things about me. Just to go do your job. <laughs> everybody's welcoming yeah. that like type of praise. That's a really unique way of phrasing it. What, what about in the, in your personal life or just out and about, Danny, what does that look like? Oh man, in my personal life, I use this thing all the time. You know, I, I think of a story, a, a very specific story whenever, uh, um, I was, uh, Uncle Joe actually gave me, uh, for Christmas last year, a pair of Ray-Ban stories. Nice. Uh, the sunglasses that yeah. have the cameras, right? right? Yep. So yeah, Uncle Joe's really, really good to us. He, he spoils us. And so, so we all got some, uh, there at Service MVP and, uh, 
and, and mine were a little big on my face. So I, you know, I, I wanted to go exchange them and, you know, for them to be a little smaller. Um, and, um, and so when I went there, I forgot my charging cable. And so the lady at the sunglass hut store said, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't exchange them because you don't have the cable. Um, and I was like, Oh, come on now. Like, you know, and the cable was in North Carolina, right? I was in California at that time. You know, my 30 day period was kind of ending. And, um, and I was like, Oh, you know, there's no serial number on the cord. Surely you can keep the one from the other box and just give me the glasses and I'll just keep my old cord. Right. And, um, and she was adamant about, no, you know, that goes against policy and that, you know, I can't do that. And, you know, she was upset and I was kind of upset and I was like, Oh, you know what? Like, you know, in listening to it, and this is the key to, to magic moments, right? Is that they, they have to be genuine, right? And, and, and this is what Uncle Joe taught me that is so important. That's why I'm so passionate about it because it's not always about business or the sale. It's about the people, right? And, and so when I thought about it, I was like, man, she's really making an effort, even though it's not in my favor, right? She's really making an effort to uphold the policies of this company, right? And I'm sure if her boss was around, they would be proud of her upholding the policies of the store, right? And, and and really, that's what it's about. Instead of ending the conversation and being upset about it and saying, well, you know, screw you, lady, right? Um, it, it's almost like ending the conversation and, you know, speaking to those those pure motive values, right, that we teach. And, and so I said to her, I was like, you know what, Christina, can I say something? Um, I just want to tell you that this, this store, Sunglass Hut, is really lucky to have somebody like you because you make such a big effort to, you know, stick to the policies, you know, even though sometimes it's uncomfortable with customers. So I just want to tell you, you know, it, it, I'm very, thank you so much uh, for, you know, for, for the effort that you make. And I'll just go back and grab my cord and then come back and exchange later, right? And she just looked at me with a biggest smile, almost like, you know, nobody had really, you know, ever said anything like that before. And she was like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. You know, what was your name again? And I said, oh, I'm Danny. And and she was like, oh, well, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. And she was like, you know what? Just here, just let me have the glasses. I'm just going to exchange it for you. <laughs> and she went ahead and exchanged them, right? And, that, and that's definitely not what it was about, right? Um, but 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 it definitely, yeah, you know, it, it turned her day around and, and it turned my day around, right? And um, and, and I guess that's, that's what it would look like, you know, when... Uh, you know, when you're doing it in magic moments like that, just in the real world, right? And just, uh, just looking for, uh, for opportunities to raise people's self-esteem, right? No matter what the situation is, even though, you know, whether it's a challenge or it's a victory, right? No, that's great. And uh, I, I don't know if that's something you had to practice or if it came naturally. I, I feel like if I would say that it would come off as the biggest passive aggressive jerk statement in the history of the world, because I'd be like, wow. This company is really, really lucky to have somebody like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's all, it's all about in the tone, right? And that's why we practice it. But yeah, you bet I have to practice it. And most people that I teach this stuff to, we have to practice. That's the hardest part, right? And that's why like, my total immersion training events uh, from Uncle Joe, they're so unique. Uh, because they are, you know, they're, they're small. They're not big classes, right? Because we make sure that, you know, we can have that one-on-one time because, you know, it, it's only after five days of continuous back-to-back role play that you're going to be able to leave and, and do something like that and say something like that confidently, right? Absolutely. And it's it's an interesting uh, mindset that you carry and certainly one that we like to embody here on the podcast, Danny. And it's not the... This isn't something that came natural to you. You've had every opportunity in the world to have a negative mindset and outlook on life and on the world. Talk to us about that and how you've made the shift from where you know, your upbringing has been to where you are now. Oh, absolutely. I can, I can certainly talk about that. And, 
And I guess you'll notice a shift, right, as we start talking about that, because I'm so confident talking about what I teach and uh, and what I do for a living, because I, I'm in love with it and I love uh, the people that I meet. And then, you know, but but this is definitely the vulnerable part, right? And the uh, this is definitely, and it's something that I shared during, you know, total immersion. I, I definitely, uh, you know, share a lot more, more of my story. Uh, during these seminars, but um, but this is definitely the hard part, right? Where you're uh, vulnerable from, uh, you know, where you came from. But I think it's really important, and it makes it a huge part of what I teach because there's nobody that can sit in my class, and and I, and sometimes I, I uh, you know, my my the most important prayer that I have for myself is, you know, to to you know not take for granted everything I went through or the fact that you know I, I have a platform to share with people, but. Um, there's no one that can sit in my class that can give me an excuse as to why they can't be successful. Um, you know, the way, you know, coming up in, in, in my, you know, in a, in a Hispanic household, um, where, you know, I, I got to this country when I was 11 and I didn't know the language at all. And, um, and I didn't know at that time, but I was brought uh, to this country without documents, uh, which really, you know, by the time I was 16 and I realized that, you know, that, that I didn't have the proper documentation to, to do much of anything in this country. Um, you know, I, I, up to that point, I had every excuse that I needed to not be successful and to, you know, to, to become a victim, victim, you know, myself of, of my circumstances. And, and so I think that's, that's definitely why I'm so passionate about what I do because I get to share that. But yeah, I came to this country when I was 11. I didn't know the language at all. I, uh, you know, I went to school here and I graduated high school. And when I was in high school, um, I was actually, you know, I was going to take driver's head and, you know, they asked us to bring our social security card, uh, so that we could, you know, uh, get the paperwork going with the DMV. And when I went back home, that was the day I realized that, well, I, I didn't have any documents. I asked my mom and I said, Hey, can I have my social? I need it for driver's ed. And, uh, she was like, Oh, well, uh, actually you don't, you don't have one. And so, so I was like, Oh, well, um, what does that mean? Like, where do we get one? How do I apply? Right. And, um, and and I, I came to find out after doing some research that there was really no way. Uh, once you're in this country and you don't have the right document, um, there's really there's very limited choices um, to you know to become documented at that point. Um, and and you know one of them involves having to go back to your country and uh, and wait for years uh, to even be eligible to reapply to come back. Um, and in all honesty, I mean I I love I love my country and I love. You know, I, I love Mexico and I love my culture and my people and my family, uh, but I don't know Mexico, right? I, I didn't live there and I didn't grow up there. I, I wouldn't even know, you know, where to go to get a driver's license um, if I went to Mexico. So, um, so, so this is, this is my country, right? This is um, I'm as, America as, as American as they come. And um, so that was really hard for me to, uh, you know, to live that way uh, for so many years and, and not, you know, not really having to think about it, right? Uh, think about uh, maybe. Uh, do you remember the first time you you know you went to take your driver's license exam or something? Oh yes, very clearly. Yeah, and what what did they ask you for when you went there? Right, what kind of documents did you take with you? Uh, well, sorry, now you're putting me on the spot. I remember Not that clearly. Apparently, <laughs> I remember the driver's <laughs> test more than I do like the uh, the actual. Truly, hasn't been that long, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I assume they asked for my birth certificate, and my social. There you go, and uh, and of course, my birth certificate is Mexican, right? And I don't have a social and. And, and and the only reason I ask is because now I want to ask you something else, right? Because you remember the first time you got a job? Yes. Like, what's the, what's the first thing they ask you for when you go to get a job? A form of ID. Yeah. So you have your ID, right? And you can't get an ID because of the DMV. They ask you for your social. And so you need a social and your ID to get a job. Right. What about when you get a cell phone? 
or when you go to get an apartment yeah, or when you go to buy a car, right? Or when you go to open a bank account or when you go to, I mean, literally you name it. And uh, there's, there's almost nothing you can do without a social security number and an ID. Um, even, um, even if you think about it, right, there's, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's this, uh, uh, this belief uh, that, that, you know, immigrants or illegal immigrants or undocumented, right? Undocumented immigrants take advantage of the system, right? Or, or take advantage of, um, you know, uh, government help. Uh, but think about it. Think about when you go ask for government help, the first thing they ask you for <laughs> to see if you're eligible for anything like that, right? right? So that's something that I definitely, you know, I, I don't, you know, sometimes I talk about it. I try not to talk about it a lot because, I, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, change people's beliefs. Uh, what I am trying to do is get people to believe that they can, that they can change, right? That they can change their life and their, and their, their outcome and their situation. Cause if I was able to do it, then you can do it, right? And, um, and, and so, uh, so that's how it was for me. It was super difficult. I was almost like invisible in the country, right? Uh, there was nothing. If I was going to get an apartment, I had to ask someone else to get an apartment and put it in their name, right? If I was going to get a car, I had to pay for the car, but ask somebody else to put it in their name because I didn't have a social to do it. Uh, so nothing was ever really mine. Uh, nothing really ever ever felt mine, right? And um, and and of course, not to mention the opportunities are are very different for you know undocumented immigrants than uh, than than they are for you know for citizens. And um, you know, one of those being, of course, employment opportunities, right? So, uh, you know, my mom worked at a factory when we were growing up. My dad was deported when I was 17. And, um, and, and my, my, my siblings were all younger, right? I had a four-year-old, nine-year-old, and a 10-year-old. And I was 17 at that time. And um, so I had to drop out of college and, you know, go, go work full-time to, to kind of help support them and my mom. My mom worked at a factory at that time um, in Southwest Virginia and made about five fifty an hour uh, sewing, uh, sewing shirts. And, um, and so of course that wasn't enough to support the family. I remember us, uh, you know, we lived in a, in a trailer, like a mobile home and, um, and, and, and it was, it, it would get really cold in the winter, right? It snowed a lot. We were up on the mountain, uh, near the Blue Ridge, uh, uh the Blue Ridge Parkway and it snowed a lot. And I remember, uh, you know, uh, we had a kerosene tank that we would fill up, you know, during the winter and it was about uh, $900, $1,000 to fill it up like halfway. And it wouldn't even last like six weeks, maybe eight weeks tops. And, you know, the rest of the time we'd be huddled in a room with a little electric heater, um, you know, all sleeping in the same bedroom. Uh, so, so we grew up really, uh, really poor and, um, and, and, and with, without a lot of opportunity, right? Uh, it, everything looked kind of, uh, uh, looked very dim at that time. Make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, um, so that was that. I, um, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up that way and, and, and I guess here is another, uh, you know, uh, uh, my, when my dad was deported, it was all you know. The uh, we didn't have the best, uh, the best uh, you know upbringing. It was definitely a very uh, um, you know we we went through a lot of domestic violence uh, you know there for a while, and um, uh, just which is kind of prevalent right in in, in our culture. I hate to say that, uh, uh, but it is, and it's something that you know uh, um, you know some people use that as well, right? Uh, and 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 it, they develop a victim mentality when it comes to that and. And, and I completely understand that because I had that for a very long time and it was so strong that victim mentality. Um, and, and I didn't know how to, how to change my response to any of those things that I did what a lot of people do, right? And I self-medicated. Um, I used coping skills that, uh, that, you know, that I learned uh, that were unhealthy, right? And, and I was addicted to drugs there for a while. So, 
And there was a time, you know, in my, uh, maybe between 18 to about you know, 22, 23, uh, where I was, uh, I, I actually had gone to get my wisdom teeth pulled, right? And, and it ended up, it was impacted and they had to kind of drill in my jaw. And they gave me some, uh, um, you know, pain medication and, uh, and that didn't help. So they gave me something stronger. And, uh, once they gave me that, that, that one helped. Uh, but then I got a refill and then I got another refill and I became a little dependent on that. And then after I couldn't get any more refills, then of course I, I found them elsewhere and I found myself stuck in this uh, uh, pattern of, of, of drug abuse for years. Um, you know, I, I overdosed twice and I was in, in the hospital a couple of times and, um, and it was just a really hard time because it, there was, I felt like there was no future, right? I felt like there was nothing that I could work towards or for. Um, until I realized, until my sisters came to visit after one of those times that I was in the hospital and, um, they were about, you know, 13 and 14. And, and they said to me, um, that they were scared that they were one day just going to get a call that I had died and that they didn't want to lose me and that that was their, their biggest fear. And I think that definitely sobered me up a little bit and I got cleaned up after that. And, um, now needless to say, going back to, you know, that being undocumented and of course, uh, you know, with rehab and stuff like that being uh, very expensive and, and not having any sort of, you know, health health care or anything like that. Um, it was kind of up to me to get sober, right? And I thankfully, I had a great support system and a great, you know, friends and family that helped and, and supported me. And uh, I've been I've been clean for about eight years since. That's awesome, so, man. Um, that's yeah, something congratulations, I'm very man. Proud of. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That's definitely something I'm really proud of. And I, 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 I love to share that. I, I, I would hate to miss an opportunity to encourage someone in their sobriety, right? Uh, because I know how important that encouragement was to me and to be able to see and hear from my friends say, you know, there's definitely life on the other side of this. Um, so, so for anyone out there that's struggling with anything like that, there's 1000% life and a much better one at that on the other side of it, a successful one, um, and one full of hope. So, uh, so if you need help, just reach out. And um, so, yeah, so that was that. That was definitely the part of my life that I'm the least proud of, right? And um, and, and the, uh, the the part of my life that I'm most proud of is, of course, my afterwards, right? And, and now I am being able to use that story and, and, and share with people. And, and, and a lot of those principles, like, for example, like, you know, the, 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 these are the principles that Uncle Joe taught me, right, under his mentorship that really kind of helped to, you know, uh, to, to put my life in the right place. Um, is that right? Uh, your response, uh, you know, in, indirectly affects the outcome, no matter what the event is, no matter how uncontrollable you start going on in your life are, you can always change your response to those things, right? And, you know, in a, in, and that's in life with your family, with your friends, uh, you know, in a sales interaction, you know, uh, you either change the situation or change your involvement in the situation. Uh, but you can always, you know, you, you're always uh, in control of your response. And when it comes to your response, Uncle Joe taught me three things, right? Uh, that when it comes to changing your response, you can, you, there's only three things that you can change. And one of them is what you think, right? The things that you think regarding an event, right? So something bad happens in your life or something uncontrollable or something good. You're always in control of what you think about it and how you see it and the perspective that you choose to look at it through, right? The lens the paradigm that you choose to look at this event through. And the second thing is what you say, right? Uh, things that you say about the situation or how you communicate about the situation, that's always in your control. And the last thing is what you do, like the actual action or your response to it, right, to that event. And it's the same thing that is translatable into like our interactions with our customers, right? You can't always change, you know, who the customer is that's in front of you, right? 
but you can definitely change the way you think about it. Like when you walk up to a house, I tell technicians, you know, uh, you know, you, if you walk up to a house and, and you see that maybe the grass hasn't been cut, right? Or maybe it doesn't look well taken care of outside. You know, us as humans, we're immediately magnetically drawn to negativity and negative thinking, right? Oh my gosh, these people don't take care of their house. I'm probably not going to sell anything here, right? That may be the way that we think about it. When in reality, it could just be that, hey, maybe uh, they've been out of town and they haven't been able to take care of the outside or maybe their landscaper, um, you know, hasn't been around for, for a couple of weeks, right? Um, so we have to make sure that we're aware of what we're thinking, right? And same thing with what you say, right? Whenever, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a customer may say something like, when you walk into a home and it's like, oh, this, it's not going to be any more than $200, right? That's all I budgeted for this repair. Most of the time we, you know, we'll say, oh, well, I guess we'll see, you know, after I finish, uh, you know, my, my diagnosis, right? Or I guess we'll see you once I, you know, build some options. Instead of saying, hey, if we know, Right, that are you know we we don't have anything you know in our price quote that's you know two hundred dollars. We need to change what we say instead, right, and say something like, "Hey, listen, uh, Brian, or hey, listen, Nate, uh, um, you know, I'm going to be completely honest with you. If you know, if 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 my options were any more than two hundred dollars, would that would that disqualify me from getting this job? Because I'm going to be honest with you, uh, you know, we we focus money's not my master, right? I focus on quality and reliability. Um, so you know, if you're saying you know, that, that $200 is the limit. Maybe we should just stop the call and I can help you find someone, you know, a more, more budget-friendly company and you and I can part as friends. Um, or on the other hand, we can focus on the quality and reliability. And I'm happy to give you premium mid-range and economy solutions. And uh, that way you can choose what's best for you. Just know that it's probably going to be more than $200. So what should we do? Yeah. Right? And see, saying something like that is so much more effective, right? Because you're giving the customer the option to choose right? You're not wasting your time and you're also not dismissing that yellow light, right? <laughs> that that gives you that feeling that you're probably not heading the right direction with this interaction. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I love the the simplicity of that. You know, what you think, what you say, what you do. I mean, that's universal. Yeah, yeah. That's universal, right? Like it doesn't matter if you're in the trades, in the office, driving down the road as a trucker, it doesn't matter. What you think, yep. what you say, and what you do absolutely resides in you. And, yeah. and nobody has the right, nor the opportunity, nor the ability to modify that. They can try to impact exactly. it. They can try to affect it. They can try to persuade it. But ultimately, it is your decision. And that is, that's a great takeaway just to start off here. Exactly. Well, and that's the biggest thing that I learned through this program. And that's really the biggest thing that got me from, you know, that poverty, from that abuse, from that victim mentality onto a more successful path. Right, because all of a sudden I wasn't being controlled by the events in my life. I was controlling the outcome by the way I responded to the events in my life. Make sense? Yes, yes, and that that and is think, a shift, right? That, that's a that's an actual shift that occurred in your life. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think that, and that it's a hard shift, right? It's not an easy shift because it it requires a lot of self awareness, and and being self aware sometimes is very painful and it's super uncomfortable. Because when you become self-aware and you realize that the things that you've been doing are wrong, the, the ego comes into play, right? And it's like, oh, man, then that means that everything I've done for however many years has been wrong, and I'm not sure that I can come to terms with that, right? Mm. And that's kind of and that's kind of where the ego uh, gets in the way. And that's another one of the principles that I learned from Uncle Joe. Like, my ego's not my amigo, right? I'm either feeding my ego or I'm feeding my wallet. There's nothing else, right? And I, I'm, I'm feeding my success or I'm feeding my ego. And, um, and sometimes you just got to put the ego to the side and realize that, you know, uh, the ego is not your friend and it's actually, uh, um, it, it should be kind of like a dummy light, 
right? To tell you that it's time to, to shift in a different direction or that, hey, maybe it's time to reconsider something that you've been doing the same way for a while. Yeah. And, and that's, that could be a place where a lot of our listeners are finding themselves and they're, you know, they're digging into what you're saying here and saying, okay, Danny, you know, how did you make that change? Like, what did that practically look like? Did you just determine in your head, I'm not going to think that way anymore? Or did you have some type of outside source that called you into accountability? Well, you know, and I think that's a, that's a really great question. And that's something that's super important when you make changes like that is that, in, and at first I try to make changes, right? I had it in my mind that like I knew what changes I wanted to make, but until you change your environment and, um, and the things that you surround yourself with, uh, that's when it becomes easier. And that's key right there, accountability, right? So, uh, so for one, I mean, making the shift in my life required me to be vulnerable with the people around me and let them know the new direction I was headed. Right. That was the first practical thing that I did um, is to just be honest about it. It's like when you want to make a change, just tell people about it. Right. And even if you haven't started yet, uh, tell people to ask you about it. Right. Um, like I know one of the things I really want to do right now that I still do that it's not my favorite thing is I smoke. And I just, you know, I'll, I'll run, you know, 5K. I'll run a 5K in 32 minutes. But as soon as I'm done, all I want to do is have a cigarette. <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> and, uh, and, it may sound, and it may sound counterproductive, right? And it is. So I think that's one of the things that I've been really, you know, trying. And I've tried several different ways to to do that. And and I find that you know the more I tell people, the more accountable I'm, I'm held to. Right? Hey, how are you doing? You know, how are you doing with the smoking? And how are you doing with the smoking? And when people see me with a cigarette, hey, I thought you were going to quit smoking, right? And um, and it reminds me of that. So that was definitely huge. My uncle Joe played a really big part in in keeping me accountable when it comes to the business world. Right. And to make that shift within my company. Um, you know, uh, you know who Tom Hopkins right. is, right? Who what? Tom Hopkins. Tom Hopkins. Tell me. Sales trainer. He's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. They call him like the godfather of selling. He's, he, uh, he wrote, I don't know, most, many of the best selling books all time on selling. And he was an early, uh, early sales presentation trainer. Yeah. He wrote uh, selling for dummies, sales, closing for dummies, um, how to master the art of selling. Just a, just a, huge author in, in, uh, the, the selling profession. Um, he actually had a saying back in like, this was probably like 2005, which is unfortunate for me because I still smoked for like another seven years after I heard this saying, but it, but it is impactful. He said, there are two things you can't be in the United States in this day and age at the same time in the minds of your clients. And that is intelligent and a smoker. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that a statement? It really is. And it, uh, I was like, whatever. I just, you know, I rolled my eyes as I heard it, you know, on my, on my truck tape deck or whatever and flicked my new board yeah. out the window. Like, so the old man doesn't know what he's talking about, you know, <laughs> but I would, uh, occasionally I would, I would come in and, and, you know, I tried to do everything I could to not smell like cigarette when I ran my call, but yeah. come on, like you're not getting that smell off and you, you oh, go no. into people's homes every now and then, and you can tell if you're, if you're, aware at all and you're paying attention and you're not mentally trying to block it out, you can tell they smell cigarette on you and they are not pleased that you just made oh, their house smell like it. I'm, I'm a big yeah, advocate what? for quitting smoking. And I was up to just shy of two packs a day when I quit. Oh my goodness. How did you do it? I went to rehab. <laughs> I actually had a, I had an opiate addiction too. And I went to rehab and I was like, you know, if I'm, if I'm here, man, getting, getting off the pills, I'm getting off everything. Like you're, might as well. Right. Yeah, so I never uh, looked back you, on the smoking. You, you probably have have healthcare and everything, huh? What's that? <laughs> I said you probably you probably have healthcare and the money to go to rehab, huh? 
Uh, <laughs> this was like, uh, man, this was a, uh, this was a Christian rehab facility. Like, uh, um, oh, I should have looked for something like that. Yeah. This was a, it's just a tough one, man. It was 14 months to live in, but I was like 10 years, oh, wow. 10 years into an opiate addiction. That was up to the point where I was taking 60 pills a day, as many as 60 oh, pills a day to just, you know, you're not even yeah. getting high or anything. You're just not getting sick. And, uh, yeah, you're just keeping up and just trying to function. Yep. And I knew my liver was, you know, on its way out. And if I was, I had tried to quit multiple times and just couldn't do it. And then I just knew if I was going to get off this, I was going to need help. And if I didn't, I wasn't going to see my kids go to high school. So yeah. I uh, flew out to Pennsylvania, stayed in, on my mom's couch for a few weeks, waiting to get in this facility, got in, did my time and came out the other side, good to go. And well, I don't know about good to go, but clean. Certainly. And, uh, yeah, ready to go, but yeah, kick the, kick the, uh, smoking habit as well. Definitely good. To, good, to, good for you, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much for sharing that. that yeah. Thank uh, you for sharing, man. I was, you know how it is. Like you hear somebody went through addiction. You're like, you're kind of like, let me, you know, just hold off. Don't, don't step on his story. <laughs> you, know, you just want to jump out. Right? <laughs> you know, you congrats, bro. Congrats, man. Right? Yeah, I know what you're going but, through. But I know. Definitely, definitely your story is way, way cooler. I mean, that's really, that's a really long time. And that's a huge effort to, uh, uh, to get clean. And the fact that you kicked them both, you're, uh, you're, you're doing uh, uh, way better, man. So yeah, congratulations. I, I did, uh, like I relapsed with alcohol later in, in like 2020 and then kicked that just cold turk, like with no help. But I already yeah. knew, I already knew how, you know, I don't know what got over me, but I knew how and just got off that one myself and never looked back. And now it's just, yeah, I get my, uh, I get my addiction fixed with the weights in the morning and staring at Nate's lovely face texting while we're doing a podcast. Uh, it's the pecs, bro. It's the pecs. That's <laughs> Sorry, what you're looking staring at. at Nate's massive, massive pecs. Oh man, that's what I'm working on this year. Getting some weights. Yeah, they're getting some weights. Yeah, did, buddy. Uh, yeah, I was, a, I think I, I was a, a 250 pounds at my heaviest and it doesn't look really good on five, six, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> a lot of weight, so I think I'm, I'm down. I just hit the 85 pound mark in December, uh, wow. this, this last December. So I've done that. Uh, I'm at 175 right now and I'm um, just working on just building some muscle now. Awesome. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's really, that's, that's been a, a whole, uh, a whole ride of its own. Um, and, and really cool to also be able to encourage people on that, you know, and, and, and be able to share that. So I know a lot of people are on that same journey. Yeah, it's great, Danny. And, you know, the, the weights, the working out, the, the embodiment of trying to be a better you is what we're about here. And, you know, this podcast yeah. is dedicated to the men and women of the HVAC plumbing and electrical services, home services industries. And so we're trying to get better here, man. So give us some practical applications about how we can do that. Oh man, so practical applications. Listen, uh, if you want to get better, the very first thing, uh, uh, you know, uh, definitely taking care of your health, right? I think that's really huge. But as far as one thing, I guess what I'm most passionate about that Uncle Joe has taught me is communication. Uh, if you can communicate better and if you can, you can communicate clear and, you know, with higher value, uh, if you think about it, everything is a sell, right? Every interaction, anytime you're trying to get anyone to go your direction or take on an initiative, uh, even with your kids, like you're trying to get your kids to get ready and put their shoes on, right? And trying to hurry them out of the house or something. Um, everything is a sell. Everything is you, uh, you know, uh, being able to communicate the reason why we're doing something and getting somebody to buy in and go your direction, right? So I think that uh, the first step is if, if you want to uh, just get better and just improve your relationships, is just start communicating with the why, you yeah. know? 
start communicating uh, the reason why uh, you want to do something and get rid of the negativity. I got to know one thing that, uh, that we really focus on, one principle that Uncle Joe taught me that I, that I translate into all of my life is stop talking about what you don't want or what you can't do and just mm. focus on what you can do, right? Yeah. And, and that's it. when you're talking to yourself, when you're talking to your kids, when you're talking to the clients, hey, can you uh, finish this project? You know, can you finish this project by tomorrow? Um, hey, I'll tell you what, what I can do is go ahead and have a team first thing here tomorrow and finish it by the next day. If I said I could do that, what would happen then, right? Instead of saying, oh, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do it by tomorrow because this and this and that. Make sense? Sure. And same thing in your personal life, right? Your kid comes and asks you, hey, dad, can you play with me? Oh, I can't right now. I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up some work, maybe later, right? That's what we would say. Well, stop focusing on what you can't do and just talk about what you can do. Instead, say, hey, you know what? What I can do is finish this email real quick. Give me about 15 minutes and then you and I can play. How does that sound? Yeah. And that's right. a, that's a uh, old principle of, I want to say Zig Ziglar, but I might be, it might be Brian Tracy, which is um, the difference. One of the major differences between successful people and unsuccessful people is unsuccessful people walk around all day talking about what they can't do and their problems. And yep. successful people walk around all day talking about what they want. Goals. Exactly. That major exactly. difference. One of the main differences between the two categories. You get to, exactly. we all get to up and decide that right now. What am I going to be for the rest of my life? Walk around talking about what I don't want or walking around talking about what I do want. And I think that's, that's a daily battle for me. I mean, it's, yeah. it's so easy to slip back into that negative state of mind and not even know it. Like you just get there yeah. and you realize uh, after you watch like 36 hours of news, you know, where you're scrolling through social media, nobody's watching 36 hours, or whatever of it is, but the conglomerate, <laughs> the conglomerate of what you do, it, everything is directing you to that place. Like yeah. if you just go about your life, you're going to hear, I don't know what the ratio is, 10 to one negative messages to positive messages, like just regular living, not even trying. That's just what's going to come your way. And so you have to, you have to determine, you have to purpose in your mind that that's not going to be who you are. That's not going to be what you talk about. Like you said, everybody has the opportunity to think, to talk and to do for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And it's, it's so practical to just say, uh, um, I, like I, I heard one of one of the pastors that I listened to talk about the story of when uh, uh, you know they were uh, they were at a wrestling match, right? And one of the guys that was wrestling was pinned down, uh, and you could, I mean he couldn't get up, right? And somebody from the stands was yelling, "Stand up! Just stand up!" Right? <laughs> and of course the wrestler just kind of looks over, kind of like you know rolling his eyes, like, "Oh, easy for you to say, right?" Is all I got to um, do is just stand. Oh, okay. Yeah, what did I think that, of that? Oh, that's sick. Yeah. What, what did I think of that? Easy, right? Oh, I should have done that from the get go. And it's like, uh, uh, so so I hate to, to just say, just you know, just be more positive, right? Because um, it's like uh, you know anybody can just say, "Well, just stand up," right? Uh, but but the practical part of it is is to just do that, right? Start and, and really it's in that order. Think, say, do. Just start with your thinking, right? Catch yourself every single time. And it's, I know you say it's a daily battle, but I think I find it for myself. It's a moment by moment battle. Literally every event that happens and everything that comes your way, whether it's a challenge or a victory, you get to choose how you're going to see it and what you're going to think about it, right? And And whether you're going to take responsibility for it or not. So it all starts with your thinking. and Because once you change your thinking, it's way easier for your words uh, to be more positive because you've already changed your thinking uh, to be more positive. And you can't help but to start doing more positive things after you start talking more positive things. 
sense? Yeah, it does. So, but Danny, you know, yeah. we're going to hear some pushback saying, oh, that's that like whole new age mindset mumbo jumbo about like whatever you think you want to be, you can be and all this stuff. Like, okay, come on, give me some hardcore facts that this is what <laughs> changed you in the field or this is how you've seen this play out in actuality for an HVAC tech on a front line right now who's in an attic saying, there's no way I can think my way out of the itch on my arm from this insulation and the 120 degrees that I'm sweating off my brow right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and there's not, right? There's Sometimes there's nothing that you can say or that you can think uh, where you can, uh, you know, get yourself out of that, uh, out of that particular situation that you're in right now. And I think that's key too, right? To be able to zoom out, um, to be able to zoom out and to know uh, to, to just have a plan, right? And and I guess here's the thing that really changed things around for me, right? Because like I said at the beginning, my story was very cool, right? There was really nothing that, uh, that I was invisible in this country and there was nothing I could do to be successful or to move things forward. And um, and 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 the key was that, uh, you know, other people in, in my same situation, uh, you know, uh, you know, made other choices, right? Some of, them, some of my friends that were in the same situation as mine, you know, went, went back to Mexico or you know, decided to, you know, to, to take on a different route. Um, but the bottom line is uh, that it, it's not just, uh, it's about uh, kind of pre, pre-deciding, I guess it's what's really helped me, uh, is that it's not just, it's, it's one thing to be aware of your thoughts, right? And it's one thing to be aware and to try to make them more positive. But it's another thing that, you know, when, when I talk about pure motive service or what Uncle Joe taught me, uh, that really made a difference for my company uh, in the industry is the values, right? And and the, there's pure motive values when when it comes to doing work, right? The quality, reliability, safety, and health, customer service, and creating custom relevant solutions, and then being honest, right? Um, and I realized that if you stick with those values when it comes to work, you know, uh, if, if you focus on those values instead of focusing on the result or the money, uh, the money just becomes a result, right? Not the reason. If the reason is your values, then the money is just the result. And in the same way in your personal life, it's the same thing, right? You have to figure out, a, you know, a, a backtrack to what is important to you in life because success looks very different to different people, right? And uh, and so so what are those values? What are those things that you value in life? Is it family? Is it is it honesty? Is it trust? Uh, is it God? Is it love? Is it friendship? Um, you know, is it is it a uh, work? You know, what are what are those things that you value in life? Are those characteristics that that are important to you? And 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 writing them down. Uh, writing them down and having them in a place where you can see them, uh, you know, putting them in your truck, putting them in the mirror in the bathroom in the morning. Uh, because uh, when it gets really, really hot in that attic, uh, whenever you run into a problem and, uh, and, and, and it's hard to, to fix it or when you feel, you know, like, uh, like you need additional support in the field, um, it's all going to come down to, you know, to, to those two options that, you know, it, it, uh, that, that's what it always came down to. For me, uh, do I quit or do I keep going? Uh, there's really nothing other than that, right? And um, and if I quit and it's too soon and success was right around the corner, you know, how am I going to feel about that? Because if I quit at this point, then nothing really changes, right? And so, so I guess the idea here is, uh, you know, one of my you know most important values for me, that number one for me is, is love, right? And and what I've decided is that you know because that's my number one value. Um, if there's something that comes my way and I'm not sure how to decide or what to say or what to think about it, well, I just know that if it goes against that value, if, it, if it's not loving towards myself or other people or my clients or my family and my coworkers, then I just don't do it because I've pre-decided that 
this is one thing that I value. So it doesn't matter what I'm feeling at that point. I'm going to do what my value says. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that it is so important to do that, right? We need, we all need an yeah. ethos to live by. Uh, we need, we need guidance, right? Otherwise yeah. we have, we have uh, very yeah. little understanding about why we do what we do. Right. Right. And, 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 some, and that's the thing. That's why you're going to quit if it's 120 degrees in the attic and you start itching. Uh, you're going to quit if you don't have, if your why is not clear. Right. Does that make sense? Because what, what, what do you hold on to at the end? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you in that hot attic? And, right. I mean, yeah. And quitting too early is, is a tragedy that, you know, befalls all of us to some degree. Like we, we've all quit something earlier than we should have, whether we were going to see it through just for the sake of it, or whether there was re- actual reward on the other side, quitting is not a positive thing. <laughs> that is something right. that, that needs drilled into us all. And, you know, the world just makes it so easy to say, just give up, man. Like, this isn't for you. Like there's, there's something yeah. else out there, like whatever, you know, go, go be you, go find your true inner self, pull crap, like work your way through some hard problems. Let's go. Right. And so when you, when you yeah. train technicians in the home, you know, what are some of the hard problems that you see guys quitting on? Oh man. Uh, listen, I, I recently, uh, in this last total immersion that I had last week, I, I had one of the guys quit on me. Um, and it was, um, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, our training that we do is very different than any other training, right? It's not kind of, it's not lecture-based. Like, we don't sit there and talk for eight hours a day for five days straight, right? Uh, we have, we'll go through a lesson, but then we have an activity so that we can implement it. And then we're really big on role play. So everybody's going to leave with a brand new way of communicating with the customer and a sales process from beginning to end. And we go through three separate tracks, right? One of them we talk about, let's look at the interaction from beginning to end for a, a demand call. Like where something is broken and something needs to be fixed, where there's an urgency to fix something. And then we backtrack and go through that same process. But now what does it look like when somebody's just looking for prices, right? When they're comparing you or just looking for quotes. And then we go back through it a third time. Well, what does it look like when we're doing neither? When it's just a maintenance call and there's no urgency and they're not expecting to get any prices for any solution, right? And I think one of the hardest things for uh, for, for technicians to get through and, and one of the things that they put on is definitely magic moments. Magic moments is one of those things that, you know, they, they're really scared to say them. Uh, they're scared to be met with rejection or this thing or like, why are you being weird? Like, why are you saying things like that? Right. Why are you talking about, uh, you know, your family's lucky to have you because the effort that you make and it makes me feel really honored to be here. Right. Like, that's not something that we're used to saying. Um, and so, and so a lot of the guys talk about, well, what if the, what if, what if the people think it's weird? Or, you know, what if the customer, you know, doesn't react to, you know, in a nice way about it. And uh, and so one of the things I tell them is like, oh man, you know, like that's what you're scared of, that you're going to try to raise someone's self-esteem and they're going to, you know, reject you for it. Um, really what we should be scared of is working the exact same amount of time or maybe even more than we did last year and not making any more for ourselves and our families, right? That's what, that's, that's what we should really be scared of. But one of the things that people really struggle with is that, Right, just being able to create a connection, like a genuine connection with someone else, and when they they realize they have to say these things, right, and say and say thank you, and, and talk about how they feel, and kind of relate their technical solutions to an emotional uh, to an emotional uh, connection that they have with the customer, right? That's one of the things. And the other thing that technicians get really really nervous on and quit is when it comes to graduation, because we go through this entire week of learning how to communicate differently, and at the end of the week. We actually go through a graduation, but, you know, Paul went through that. And that he actually, by the way, a shout out to Paul. He had an amazing graduation uh, in Tampa. And uh, But what you do is uh, you learn the script from beginning to end, and then you have to present your top option and sell your top option in a, you know, in a, a, 
in a mock scenario, like in a, you know, in a role play setting in front of the entire class uh, while being recorded. And uh, of course, we, you know, you have to create an option sheet and, and present that and then go through about six or seven objections um, and, and be able to have that pace and be confident in it. That way you can graduate and get your certificate. So that's definitely something that's super challenging because a lot of the guys, you know, have never done a presentation like that in front of people. Um, and, and not just that, of course, it's nerve wracking for anybody, even if you've done a thousand presentations, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, to be in front of a group of your peers and, 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 and sell in front of other people. But ironically, and that is, uh, it's the coolest thing to see people's efforts just kind of come together at the end of the week to where they have an interaction from beginning to end that is, um, that communicates high value, right? And then them leaving with a certificate in their hand that gives them the confidence uh, and the competence that they need to go and really sell um, and communicate with the customers and help them find the right solution for themselves, right? Whether it's them or not. So Love it, man. We're, uh, I know we're coming up against the uh, top of our, our uh, episode here, um, but you, you threw out a couple things that for my sake, I'm definitely going to leap on every chance I get, which was, you said, role-playing. And you said objections, my two favorite things. Um, <laughs> Joe, Joe Crisero was on the show and, and, and he did a, a lengthy, uh, just meticulous role play with us of the, um, got to talk to my, was it like brother-in-law who's like climbing yes, Mount uh, Vesuvius right now or something? We like really, <laughs> Mount Everest, yeah. we made him earn every penny of that job. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So I was, so I was uh, wondering if maybe you would want to, um, you do this often, I'm sure. And you role play with people often and you probably do, do a bit of the grading of the role play. And I was wondering if you would want to role play a couple objections with, uh, with Mrs. Minnick here. Absolutely. I'm happy to do that. Let's see if I can uh, do some justice to Uncle Joe. Nate, you feeling a, uh, we'll do different ones at Uncle Joe, but Nate, you feeling uh, No, I, th- I think you got it, Brian. All right. So let's, let's, Nate is the customer and you're going to ask him to buy, uh, Nate, you want to come up with the role with the uh, objection or you want me to give you a couple? Uh, I love the on the spot objections where, uh, <laughs> they don't know it's coming. It's always more fun this way, you know, whatever you it, want, Brian, it, it does give I'm just you, here for your enjoyment and amusement. <laughs> it does let you know who's worth their salt, you know, mm-hmm. let's do, uh, let's do, well, let's go with the, the one that everyone in a truck is going to hear today, which is, uh, Nate, I thought that would be like half the price. All right. That's oh, what you're going to do. I'm ready. I'm ready. To- uh, all right, Danny, let's ask him a buying question. You're going to, you're going to close Nate up right here, right now. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. Nate. So, uh, what should we do? <sighs> wow. Uh, Danny, I don't know if you're living in a different economic society than I am, but, uh, these prices are outrageous. And there's been like bank collapses and my mortgage is getting tight. And I just, not, none of this is going to fly my budget right now. Man. Well, I do. I, I completely understand, Nate. This is definitely, uh, our, our, our choices are definitely a premium and they do have a lot of service. So, uh, um, Hey, why don't we look at the, uh, some of the more economical options at the bottom? Can you and I just both agree that this top option is just too much? Yeah, absolutely. There's no way that's happening. And even the bottom one, man, like, does it really cost that much? I mean, what is what do you guys charge an hour? Like this is crazy. I've never seen. I, I never thought it would cost this much to have this done. Yeah, for sure. Well, I definitely didn't think I would find uh, these issues either, Nate. Um, but hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, what do you do for a living, Nate? Uh, I'm a, <laughs> I'm in um, I'm in the motor vehicle industry. I sell cars. Oh, you sell cars. Hey, uh, let me ask you a question. Um, what kind of cars do you sell? Chevys, uh, GMCs, and 
uh, some Buicks. Oh man, hey, uh, let me ask you something. Why would somebody buy a, a GMC Buick as opposed to maybe one of the cheaper cars? I mean, it really all depends what you're into, but you know, the GMCs typically have the higher end uh, trim kits and things like that, more of a you know style as opposed to the Chevys, which are a little bit more function. So, would you say um, would you say maybe uh, you know more quality and service on your end? Uh, yeah, quality for sure. I mean, service ideally they both run you know well for you, but uh, yeah, there, there's a their perceived quality behind the uh, the chrome and the you know the fancy leathers and all that. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So see, it's kind of the same with us, and it's the same in this industry. You pay up a higher price for a more premium service or for a more premium product. Now, I'll tell you what. In all honesty, if uh, um, do you uh, are, are you interested in my options right now, Nate, or not interested? What do you think? Well, I'm interested in getting the problem fixed. I'm not interested in the price that you're telling me it's going to take. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and listen, um, I'm going to be completely honest with you uh, here at Service MVP. Um, but your money's not our master. We focus on quality and reliability and the safety and health of the systems and the families we work for. Um, so I'm going to be completely honest with you. If price is your uh, main focus, uh, maybe we should just stop the call. And that can help you find a, a budget company that can do work for cheaper. Um, and um, on the other hand, uh, we can continue and take a look at these options. I'm happy to find a way to make them affordable. But you got to know, uh, it's definitely going to be a higher investment with us than it's going to be with other companies. So what should we do? Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the cheapskate here. I mean, I like you, Danny, you're a nice guy and I appreciate you coming out here, but I mean, numbers are numbers, man. Like, can't you like sharpen the pencil or whatever you got to do, call some people and make this kind of, you know, a little bit less? Well, I'll be honest with you, Nate. Uh, I mean, if I start cutting the price, I'm going to have to cut corners. So what kind of corners are you looking for me to cut? Uh, the ones that don't matter. <laughs> like, I, like I said, right, we focus on the quality and reliability and, you know, I, I won't apologize for how much it takes to do great service. And, uh, you know, if I, if I could have done a cheaper price, I definitely would have done it from the get go. Um, so what do you think? What should we do? Uh, I get it, man. You know, if, if, if one of my mechanics left a lug net off of, uh, one of the, you know, one of the trucks that we bring in or something like that, I, I'd be breaking them off right now. So I understand I understand what it means to have value and the dollars that it takes to provide that. So let's go ahead. Let's, you know, let's go with the bottom option. Let's get it fixed up today. Well, Nate, uh, let me just ask you, are you, are you sure though? Because I know before when we started this conversation, you said even the bottom option wasn't going to be good. I know. I'm just venting, man. I'm sorry. Like, you know, they just cut hours at the, at the dealership today or last week. I mean, and you know, it's, things are getting tight. So just looking to save as much as I can. You know what I mean? No, I completely understand. Can I tell you something, Nate? Yeah. I think your family's really lucky to have a guy like you because, uh, you know, you really work hard for your money and you're trying to get the best value for your family. So I just want to tell you, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate working with you and you giving me this opportunity, okay? There it is. Hashtag magic moment. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, I like it. That's good. Yeah. So what should we do, Nate? Let's go. Let's do it. Let's Ooh. get this one done. Letting them off Let's already, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Will that be cash, check, or credit card? Yeah, we'll, we'll put it, we'll put it on the card for sure. <laughs> I'll put it on the card. You know, they give you the card. Uh, they give you thirty day billing. You know. What yeah. I mean? Right. <laughs> you can pay for it now. You don't even have to pay for it right now. They'll give you a whole thirty days. Yep. You know, I love the I love the uh, if if I could have done it for less, I would have started there. Um, concept yeah. being, you know, maybe you get this job, maybe you don't, but they're if you don't, they're going to have someone else out to quote it and. You know, and, yeah. and, and a lot of our competition is is going to immediately cut their price by, I mean, 30, 40 percent in one, one big 
company around here in particular that's just known for like yeah. dropping their pants by you know a third of the job and and the, there aren't enough people who go how can you do that like uh, how can you start that high and then drop your price that low and still be okay like how does that right. make sense and and i think putting it out there like you just did will at least plant that seed in the client's head cuz we've we've seen it i mean over and over again i've seen in my truck and and the guys who work here the techs who work here now it's like you don't get it right away it, it you know it just wasn't meant to be you leave they thank you for coming get a good review but you know they're going to use someone else they get two other estimates out they call us back out to do the job and we were still the highest priced one yeah and and you hear about other other companies dropping their price considerably to get much lower than us but now the client doesn't trust them anymore they don't understand how that how that drains their credibility, like pulling a cork on it. Absolutely, you know what? That's one of the things that I'm that I'm really big on. Uh, whenever I teach total immersion, it's that whatever your price is, uh, whatever you came up with, whatever your company has set their prices to, that's exactly what you need to be able to provide great service. And you can apologize for that. You know what I mean? Uh, you start dropping the service, and it's like, uh, or you start cutting the price, and uh, you know what? Uh, one of the two, right? That company's either going to be at a loss. Uh, or you're going to be at a loss. It's going to be one of the two. And for the most part, the customer is always at a loss because now we're cutting service, right? And now yeah. we're, uh, we're we, you can't provide the same kind of service and uh, and discount the price by thirty percent. Make sense? Yeah, you have to you have to take that from somewhere. And what you said is, uh, I'd have to cut corners. What corner would you like me to start cutting? Which was right. which was, you know what it was. You know what made it so good? Partially, what partially what made it so good was the fact that you never lost your cool. You, you never heard, you know, I could hear if your face was turning red as you were doing this, you know, how people get angry, even if it's oh, yeah. over the phone. And he's like, Oh, come on, man. You can't sharpen your pencil a little bit on this one. <laughs> and you, and you look, man, we're in the trades and we're, you know, we tend to be, we can be ir- irritable. Like I just crawled around in your blowing insulation, fiberglass attic with, you know, it's 140 up there and not only am I sweaty, but I'm itchy now. And you're, you're yeah. trying to get me to cut my price over and over and over. And that can be irritating, but the idea that the just keeping your head and keeping your cool could, could really get you that sale. Because the second well, you get irritated and you let them yeah. see that it is over, it's over. Absolutely. 100%. You, you nailed it right there. And you know, one of the things that, uh, that I've learned in the industry and that Uncle Joe has taught me specifically is that there there's zero room for negativity when it comes to service. I mean, when you think about it, the entire definition of service, right, to serve someone else, to do something for someone else. Uh, think about any other volunteer opportunities or service things that you do, right? You can't do those with a bad mood. You can't do those with negativity because it does away with the service or doing it for someone else. When you start getting negative or angry or frustrated, that's a sure tell sign that you're making it a little too much about yourself. And look, you, you have a reason for being negative and, and frustrated and ir- irritable guaranteed you you didn't just decide to be that way and you don't want to be that way although it kind of seems right. like some people in the trades do want to be that way but you <laughs> you almost guaranteed have a reason for being that way but if yeah. you go to a diner for breakfast tomorrow morning and your waitress is that way kind of slamming your stuff a little hard and and giving you at do you care why she's like that or do you just yeah. give her a small tip and decide you're not going back there no you just decide you're not going back yeah, you don't, you don't, you just don't frequent that place anymore. It's just, That's it's right. just on to the next one. Now there's a reason that she feels like that. And Hey, the empathetic human thing to do would probably be maybe dig in, ask her if she's okay. And I highly recommend doing this for 
people who sell for a living because this is literally part of your job is to be a psychologist now, but yeah, they're not going to do that. Your client's not going to do that. Your client's not going to dig in. So it, right. it, it really is up to us to maintain that poker face and let them know that everything That's is right. fine. And Hey, your finances are a mess. You've got no power in three rooms and your panels smoking or, you know, your water here is pouring water all over the floor. Life mm-hmm. is a mess right now and it's chaotic. But one thing you can count on is you can count on me, your tech, keeping a cool head, even if you beat me up on my price. You might not be able to count on me lowering my price, but you can count on me to be cool for you. There you go. That's exactly, that's the best service you can provide. That's literally the definition of excellence in customer service, that unconditional support. So good, Danny. So good. And unfortunately, that's where we're going to have to give it a rest for today. Uh, But you've left us with a lot of great thoughts to think about from the magic moments piece to think, act and say uh, to some good role play there at the end in terms of how to overcome some of those things while making the client feel like you actually are caring for them. Because, you know, like Brian said there, I think you demonstrated that you actually are caring for them. We can tell it. We can hear it in your voice. And that's so important. 100%. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate it. So Danny, if people are interested in learning more about you or about the services uh, that you're offering, where's the best place to get a hold of you? Oh man. So uh, the best place to get a hold of me is going to be, uh, definitely you can go to our website, right? And um, the website is servicemvp.com. You can do that. Um, There's also um, our phone number at servicemvp is 877-764- Six three zero four. Uh, you can give them a call there. I'm of course on social media platforms of Danny Zatarain, and um, and if you want a list of upcoming events and trainings and seminars, just go to servicemvp.com and just go to events, and you'll be able to see all the upcoming classes: uh, Total Immersion Sales Summit, Performance Coach Management Class, uh, CSR Dispatch Bootcamp, which I actually start a seminar tomorrow. Um, so uh, you can see all of that on the website of servicemvp.com. Super. Well, thank you so much, Danny. It's It's been a joy to have you on here. And as we wrap things up, you know, I want you to just leave our listeners with a little bit of encouragement uh, in terms of quitting too early, in terms of, you know, pushing on the trades is a long, uh, a, a long, uh, a long haul. Like it's a, it's a long journey, you know, of not only learning the skills that go with it, but the days are long and the years get long. And so there's, you know, and, and certainly in the environment that we are right now, there's even a little bit more stress with, uh, less of a winter than expected and shortcomings on calls and all this is happening. So what's your encouragement? What's your magic moment for people in the home services industry as we wrap up today? Oh man, my, uh, my magic moment to anyone in the home service industry right now is uh, uh, first off, um, the, the industry is really lucky to have professionals like you that make the effort day in and day out, uh, not just for the clients, but for you and for your family and for the companies and the teams that you work with. And I am just beyond uh, blessed and honored to work in this industry with the technicians that I've worked with and the companies that I've worked with, uh, like, you know, like you guys and like Paul. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much for the effort that you're putting out there for your teams and for your families and for your clients. And um, and, and listen, just focus on uh, serving people with the right motive. If you focus on serving people with the right motive and pure motive service, money is the result. The reason is pure motive service. That will be... Uh, if you focus on that, that success is inevitable. Great place to leave it, Danny. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We have appreciated it. Yep. Great talking to you again, Danny. And let's, uh, let's chop it up again here soon. All right, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. You too. 
Hey, that's a wrap for this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the time with Danny. A lot of great quotes there or ideas to put into practice, including starting with your own mindset, right? Who has the opportunity to tell you how you're going to think, what you're going to say, and what you're going to do other than yourself? And really, if, if you've been struggling with those things, today is a great day to make that change, right? Waste no day. Today is the day to change how your outlook on life is. What you're thinking, start there and translate that into what you're saying and what you're doing and follow through because the accountability starts with you. And of course, we invite you to ask other people to hold yourself accountable for that as well. And also the magic moments piece. I really think that's a great takeaway too. In turning it from let's talk about your system to let's talk about you. And thank you so much for calling you out today. And, and this home, this family is, is fortunate to have somebody like you who is trying to take care of things the right way. Great stuff from Danny today. We hope you enjoyed the show and we want to always hear your feedback. So if you have any additional comments or reviews you'd like to leave us, you can find us on all the platforms out there and share that with us. We would appreciate it. We want to leave you now with our weekly challenge, which is the same every week to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. 